Therapy pod time for the San Francisco 49ers fans out there. It was a rough loss this week against the Kansas City Chiefs, but the outlook is still bright for the San Francisco 49ers. A reminder of where the 49ers could be going this year, where they should be going this year, and why they will make that run in 2022 as they did in 2021. Therapy pod time coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A little bit later, Tuesday episode. Croc's been flying around, just flew into town, into his podcast seat, and is ready to do this pod for the folks out there because I think they need it, Croc, this week, right? I think our listeners need a little bit of a... um, a little bit of a, a reminder, flip the script after a rough week, a rough game, and some bad vibes out there amongst 49ers fans about this team. And uh, I think there's a lot of reasons why the 49ers are going to be a lot better starting week eight against the Los Angeles Rams and going forward in the 2022 season. I think heading into that game, we knew that it would be tough playing against a team like the Kansas City Chiefs, and you have to match them offensively. And so far, that hasn't been the 49ers game. So if there was a game where it looked a little weird, uh, especially defensively for the 49ers, and uh, that was going to be the game. Now, you want to rebound, and I think so far over the last few years, the medicine for the 49ers is, or remedy, is playing against the Rams after a tough loss. So if you remember a a year ago, last year, San Francisco 49ers lost to the Arizona Cardinals. Got blew out at home by Colt McCoy and the Arizona Cardinals, right? And I want to say the next game the 49ers played the Rams or shortly after that and ended up getting a wing. And then you, you know, kind of get your swagger back a little bit. So uh, get back on track and figure out what it is that you have to do to win this game. Absolutely. And it was such an outlier of a football game, too. And some of the things we might bring up might hurt a little bit, but it's also an indicator of why things will get better for the 49ers. Um, The the defensive EPA, this from Mike Sando had uh, some good nuggets about this game. The defensive EPA performance for the 49ers defense against the Chiefs ranks 376th out of 377 San Francisco 49ers defensive games since 2000, counting the playoffs per true media sports is where that stat comes from. This is a game that even in the war, we're talking about Dennis Erickson era, San Francisco 49ers. This was the second worst performance. Like that's not going to happen again. This was such an outlier of a football game, right? Um, I think one of the big reasons why something like that happened is maybe some guys coming back from injury a little bit too early. So you saw Nick Bosa out there, saw Trent Williams out there, saw Mooney Ward out there. None of those guys were at 100% and maybe even hurt the Niners in, in some ways with some players that that maybe shouldn't have been out there. We're out there too soon trying to play through some stuff. Jimmy Ward out there with the – I mean, that looked like an ugly cast on his hand. It wasn't like – I was thinking it was the fist cast. His fingers are all sticking out. I don't <laughs> <laughs> like it was the right situation to play the game in that cast, right? There's a lot of reasons why this was a really weird game for the 49ers. And if he ran it back again, even immediately following the game, it wasn't going to look like that. There, the, this, the game we saw the 49ers play Sunday is just not going to happen again. That was an outlier. Uh, and you just kind of throw it away in, in one of those games where, like they say, you throw away the tape. 
I was listening to a podcast and they said that the Chiefs scored on seven out of their last eight possessions. And that's just after, you know, when Mahomes threw the interception. After that, I mean, they were pretty much scoring every possession. The only possession they did not score was when they kicked the field goal and missed it. So uh, the the defense just, they were bad, right? And as great as they started, 49ers defense off to a historically great start to the season. In this game, they were historically bad, as you put it, with some of those numbers to kind of add context to it. I don't foresee them playing that brand of football again. I, I believe that we'll see a better version of this defense. There's a comment here, and by the way, th- thanks everybody for jumping in on this uh, this live episode here. Nick says, Peacock willing to take a victory lap on Sermon Pick, but will he ever talk about how negative he was with Aaron Banks and Dre Greenlaw? Um, hey, real quick, Peacock, what do we say about Aaron Banks? Because people keep tagging us in stuff. On, I mean, not in the sense of what he can't be, but Maybe it's because we just didn't see him as a fit. Well, and look, he was getting beat in training camp too. So the, all the signs were there that it wasn't going to look great. And we've already given, we gave Aaron Banks a game ball. Like this has been happening on the show. We've been talking about Aaron Banks and it's something I've had in my notes today, which is why I wanted to talk about this question. I was going to bring it up a little bit later in the podcast, but um, you know, this via David Lombardi, but this is a PFF stat. The highest graded 49ers player against the Kansas City Chiefs this week was Aaron Banks, 91.5. He has yet to allow a sack this season. Like he is playing so much better than I could have ever expected. And that's good. He, he developed like players get better. Like, we the the thing that he was doing before was not wrong like the scouting report was correct and now the new scouting report on what we're seeing from Aaron Banks is he playing a lot better right now like, period so he got I, better like the 49ers wouldn't allow him on the field that scouting report wasn't wrong in the past you know what i mean so but props to Aaron Banks he's playing really good football around. Aaron Banks is not a problem in fact he's playing really good football on the 49ers line it's the veteran tackles that were the problem this week on the offensive line for the 49ers I think that's where people get it confused a little bit at like the, the evaluation of a prospect as opposed to what he can turn into in the NFL. So, you know, when you watch Aaron Banks coming out of college, you identify, hey, these are things that don't fit the 49ers. <laughs> it doesn't look like what they're saying it is. And then the 49ers really backed this up by not playing him out all his rookie year. The only one second round pick played less snaps in that rookie year than Aaron Banks, and it was Kyle Trask, who was a third-string quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So it's not like we were wrong with the evaluation, but whatever criticism that they had of him or constructive criticism, coaching him up, getting him better, he has taken to the coaching extremely well, and he has turned it around to the point where you did not want him on the field last year, and this year he's been one of your best offensive linemen. So I, I think that's great, and that's and that's what – I think that's what everybody wants. I think that's what they want in the chat. I think that's what you and I want as well. We want to see Aaron Banks doing well because he was a second-round pick that you took just a year ago. Right. Uh, and Nick's really trying to go in on us. He says, yeah, you failed to see how he fit into the scheme and how he can develop. I mean, they they asked him to be a completely different human being this year. They he wanted, did not fit he, in the scheme. He didn't fit. And they wanted it, they needed him to change his body so he could fit into the scheme. Right. It, 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 so I, listen. I Daniel Brunskill, they they tell you how they feel about him, right? Spencer Burford came in, and he's been the starter since day one. Now, Spencer Burford, he's been kind of up and down, so you see them kind of mix in 
you know, Burford and Brunskill, and they kind of do that back and forth type thing. But they're letting you know how they feel about Brunskill. They did not see him as a starting offensive lineman. But when you draft Aaron Banks second round, you draft Aaron Banks second round, especially the guard, that, that's pretty high for a guard still. They want you to come in and play. And even if they want him to come in and play, he could not play over Brunskill. He wasn't ready. So, again, it is fine. I know everybody, Lincoln, Lincoln was ahead of him. No, listen, when you are a guard coming into the NFL where you're a guard, you're a tackle, they will put you on the field. Whether it's the left side, right side, it doesn't matter. They will play you there. Uh, Brunskill, I mean, not Brunskill, excuse me, Spencer Burford, he was a tackle. Now, I know he played guard early on, but he was a tackle. As a matter of fact, he was a left tackle. And then he went from left tackle in college to playing right guard in the NFL. So are you telling me that they are more willing to take a tackle and put a left tackle and put him at right guard as opposed to drafting a left guard and putting him at right guard? Like, no, he wasn't good enough to get on the field. He changed his body. He took very well to the coaching and he got on the field. And I think that's awesome. And that's what we want to see. And you would hope that's the development curve for all of your young guys. And Banks was competing at right guard, not with Lake and Tomlinson last year. And, um, and funny because a rookie fourth rounder this year is in front of Brunskill at right guard now in, in Spencer Burford. Um, and maybe, I don't know, do, Croc, do you, do you maybe start thinking about putting Burford at right tackle? I mean, that might be a future move for the 49ers with uh, Mike McGlinchey being a, a free agent and Burford was a college tackle. But like even now, would it be a would, would the 49ers have been worse last week if they put if they just bumped Burford out to tackle with all their injuries at tackle? Because there's not much backup behind McGlinchey either if you try to bench him and then put Brunskill at right guard. I would say that Burford would probably like the idea of him bumping back outside and playing on that that edge as opposed to being a guard and really learning a new position at the NFL level. Uh, enough on Aaron Banks. Uh, I did want to, I had, Real quick, I don't speak in, up. I don't speak indefinite. So like, there's no tweet that you can find as like, he crock. You said this. I, yeah. I'm telling you, I, and I think Peacock can admit to this. We did not see the fit when watching the film in college, what they were saying, he big, but he moved extremely well. That was not what was on film. And they backed that logic by not playing him his rookie year. So uh, I never said he can't be good. He won't ever be good. Never. You would never hear me say that. Because I always believe that football players, they are made to prove everybody wrong. So you're not going to make me like wrong. Everybody has the same opportunity to uh, get better. Croc speaks in caveats. Yeah. Well, dude, the NFL has proven to us time and time again. First of all, scouting uh, and draft is is difficult. The best teams only get it right 50% of the time. Um, like it's, it, it's a difficult thing to project how a human being is going to develop into the future. All the things that go into it with coaches and scheme and all of those things. Um, and that's why the, that's why that that's exactly the point of this podcast. You talking about last week, if you think you know what's going on with something in the NFL, you don't have to wait a season, wait a week, and you're going to be surprised by what's going on, right? Then probably a lot of things on that on Monday Night Football game might surprise some people. Different usage, like they're figuring out with Justin Fields and the Bears. People are like, Justin Fields is the worst player ever. And it's like, oh, maybe he's not that bad. Maybe there's a, a path to him getting better, like we saw with Jalen Hurts, like we saw with Aaron Banks, like we saw with um, Josh Allen. Like that happens. There's development that happens in the NFL. So you scout a guy. What is he right now? What could he become? What are his strengths and weaknesses. And sometimes someone completely changes their entire body, their entire mindset and comes back the next season as a different player. 
right? And that's what we're seeing with Aaron Banks. I love that. And he had the drive and determination. It's probably one of the big things that you can't tell on tape when you're watching a player that the 49ers liked about Aaron Banks is they believed in the human being, believed that even if he wasn't ready, he could become ready. And so I love seeing that from a player uh, on any team, but especially with your San Francisco 49ers. All right, next, there are some stats out there that are definitely going to get flipped going forward for the 49ers in their favor. Why the Niners are going to go on a run, and I want to hear from some of you folks in the chat. Some positivity. What are the things you're looking forward to going through the rest of the season, including week eight against those Los Angeles Rams? Why do you think the 49ers are a lot better team than they showed in week seven next? Now a word from our sponsor, Better Help. You might need to, you might have had a, a big, something impactful in your life. A lot of people coming out of the pandemic, me included, you know, things are so different now than they were. And some people are having some problems figuring things out uh, post-pandemic. Um, maybe your brain is having problems in problem-solving mode when you're faced with a challenge in life. And every minute of our lives, we've got this little computer in our hands at all times. And it seems like our our time has been taken up all day, every day, right? And it's hard to, when, you, when you're faced with something in life and you need to solve a problem, you've got so much going on. It's, it's even challenging. It's more challenging than it ever has been to try to figure out those things and, and get everything lined up in your life. But when you learn how to Find your own solutions. There's no better feeling. A therapist can help you get there. Become a better problem solver. Make it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or small. And sometimes you just need to check in with somebody once a week. Make sure you're meeting the things that you're trying to meet every week in your life and keep you on track. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, entirely online. Get matched with a therapist in just a few minutes filling out a brief survey. It's super easy. And you can switch therapists at any time when you want to be a better problem solver therapy can help you get there visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today and get 10 percent off your first month that's betterhelp better h-e-l-p.com slash locked on if you're hiring you know how difficult it can be sometimes to find the right person these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. So why not use the over 800 million wide network of potential job applicants? Find exactly the folks you're looking for. And I'm on LinkedIn. You're on LinkedIn. Why not go to where all the people who have jobs, who need jobs, who are looking for jobs, maybe don't even realize they need a new job and your job is perfect for them at LinkedIn. So add your job to the purple hiring frame on your LinkedIn profile. It's really easy. Spread the word that you're hiring. Then use simple tools like screening questions. Make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering high quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks again, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, I've been on Locked On Sports today as a guest. Croc has been on Locked On Sports today as a guest. Go beyond the scoreboard from behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. 
Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. I've got a couple stats here, Croc, that I think are huge in what the 49ers can change about the way their season is going. I've heard a lot of people bash, and it's 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 easy. It, it's the low-hanging fruit. You go straight to Jimmy. You go to the quarterback. You know, you go to Kyle. You go to the head coach. Any team that has some problems, usually you go straight to quarterback or coach first. And, if, you know, is that the problem? Got to go. Got to fire Kyle. You know, all, all these kinds of things. Um, and we've seen it here from Gabriel in the chat. He says, how do we convince Kyle to hire an OC who also calls plays in game? And I just want to say that is flat out not ever going to happen. Like Kyle Shanahan, that is, the, he's talked about himself. That's the thing he wants to do. That's the thing he likes about doing it. If the 49ers would do anything with Kyle, it's to bring in somebody administrative to take care of the other stuff so Kyle can focus more on the offense. And maybe that's something Kyle would need. But Kyle... If Kyle Shanahan is the head coach of the 49ers, he is going to be calling the plays, period. Do you feel the same way, Croc? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's his baby. And as stubborn as everybody says that Kyle Shanahan is, if if he is as stubborn as we say he is, then I don't see a scenario where he's like, you know what, I'm super stubborn. I've shown I'm stubborn for six years, but I'm going to let someone call plays for something that I feel like I've spent a lot of time on creating. And you got to remember, a lot of these players have been with him throughout this tenure for some years now. They've kind of grown together. And unfortunately, we haven't seen the growth as far as it, you know, as, as it pertains to points on the board. But, I mean, what, six years now? And how long has George Kill been playing? Six years? So six years for Kyle Shanahan. These are guys that he's kind of drafted and – he has a thought in his head on how he wants to utilize them, and he's gonna definitely want to be the puppet master behind that. And I don't, I can't see a scenario where he's delegating play calling to someone else. And Isaac says, "Gotta wonder how much McDaniel helped him out now." And I want to go to Twitter, Rodney. We do know how much. Well, yeah, <laughs> a lot. Uh, and Rodney says, "Do you think we're experiencing the quote missing McDaniel effect?" In your and Eric Crocker's opinion on a scale one to 10, how bad are they missing him? Uh, I think they're missing him a lot, but that's one of the reasons. And I wanted to bring this up about coaching. The reason the 49ers are going to get better going forward. The 49ers lost a lot. Like Mike McDaniel was Kyle's right-hand man. And I'm not going to go as far as to say as McDaniel is the reason Kyle Shanahan has been a good coordinator himself all this time, but he's been with him for a dozen. He's been with him almost his entire career. And he helps him on a, a weekly basis, right? Every week now is different for Kyle Shanahan because the structure of his coaching staff is different. New quarterbacks coach this year. New wide receivers coach this year. They've changed tight ends coach. They've got a new special teams coordinator. I think there's going to be a lot of growth in the coaching staff, not just Kyle Shanahan, but under Kyle Shanahan. And he's got to coach the coaches right now. And I think that's something that we don't really see because it's not a product on the field. You can't go break down tape of the coaching staff. But I think the coaches are going to come together. Everybody get better, learn a lot about each other, learn a lot about the team, get better together. I think that's one of the huge reasons that Kyle's going to end up looking like a better coach later in the season because his position coaches are going to gel a little bit more. And that entire coaching staff is going to come together better and it's something we haven't really talked about much at all here on the podcast because it's just such a hard thing to quantify you know I, I had talked to Tyler Bray and Tyler Bray he was on the 49ers practice squad late last year uh, quarterback and and in talking to him he spoke about some of the different places he's been whether it's Kansas City or being with the Chicago Bears and 
one thing that he had to do as a backup quarterback, even for Mitchell Trubisky, was him and Chase Daniels had to get in there early, break down everything, everything that this opposing defense is going to do, cut it all up, and hand it to Mitchell Trubisky on a silver platter. And I think that was a lot of what Mike McDaniel's responsibility was for Kyle Shanahan, where he's going to figure everything out. This is going to be the game plan. This is going to be the scheme. This is how we're going to go about this. And then Kyle puts his own kind of twist on it. Okay, these are the plays that I see fit. These are the things I think are going to work. They actually come together on those things, and then Kyle calls the plays. So uh, I I think over time in any relationship – you grow and you learn each other, right? And you definitely do as a coach with someone who's been by your side for, what, 15 years? How long? It's been a long time since maybe Houston? I think so, 14 years, maybe something like that, yeah. Yeah, so you, this guy's been your right-hand man helping you all along the way, and then you lose that. So I don't even think it's so much uh, a big deal because – Everybody just thinks like, oh, man, like this is the guy calling the play. It's just I lost my partner that's been with me, my right-hand man. And now it's like, okay, I got I to gotta do everything. I got to do more. I got to delegate more time to this. Or maybe, you know, teach someone else how to do something that this person just knew for all these years and he was right beside me. So I, I do think it's a huge loss from that standpoint, but not in the sense of how I think a lot of people are thinking it, where it's like, oh, no, no, Kyle needs McDaniel because that's the true genius. I think they really worked together and they had a really good working relationship and, and he misses that part of it. So clearly one of the big things that's hurt the 49ers the last couple of weeks is health. And so we talked about the coaching staff kind of coming together, figuring things out. Kyle's probably coaching the coaches right now. And we've talked about one of Kyle's best features is that he's really good at identifying coaches and developing those coaches. But there's a lot of brand new, you know, so it might take some time. So I think that's going to get better as the season goes along. Uh, Health has been a big thing we already touched on a little bit. Health is going to get better as the season goes along. Those are two massive reasons you're going to get better. You're going to get better talent on the field that is coached better as the season goes along in the second half of the season that is something that's massive and of course croc next uh why the players on the field are going to get better especially on the offensive side of the ball how uh jimmy and kyle can be helped by the rest of the talent on the team including christian mccaffrey next uh another big reason why the 49ers are going to be better in the second half of this nfl season prize picks is daily fantasy made easy how easy is it well you can make an entry in 60 seconds or less it's that easy all you do is you pick two to five players and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry and it's just you against prize picks right like the prize picks puts up the projections and you say wow uh mac jones is definitely not going to throw for that many yards and you say i'm going less than on that one and then you win a whole bunch of money right um no competing against other people either. It's you against those projections available at prize picks. You're not playing a huge pool of fantasy sharks, some with multiple entries, right? That makes it nearly impossible to win. No, it's you against the prize picks projections. And you pick two to five players to enhance that ability to win up to 10 times your money on any entry. Not just NFL football either. College sports, uh, motor sports, combat sports, disc golf, cricket, you name it. NBA season getting going now. You can play any daily fantasy uh, with uh, with prize picks and just pick those players and more or less. It is that simple. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada and withdrawals are safe and fast. So download the prize picks app, go to prizepicks.com, sign up today and play 
daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with our promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Price Picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. So this does tie in a little bit, Croc, to me with, uh, with coaching, and it is the penalties. So we've got injuries has been a huge one for the 49ers, but penalties has been really bad for the 49ers this year. Total penalties so far for the 49ers. They're tied for fifth in the NFL. This information from Nick Wagner of ESPN. 57 penalties called against the 49ers this year, which is tied for the fifth most in the NFL. Penalties accepted 48 is sixth most. So, you know, sometimes it's a... you have a hold and you give up a sack too. And you know, the other team declines the penalty because they got sacked. So they don't need the holding, Uh, but they're fifth worst in the NFL in getting penalties called on there called on them. And it's not an offense defense special teams problem. It's all of them. Their top 10 worst offense penalties, top 10 worst defensive penalties, top 10 worst special teams penalties. So that's something that the 49ers have to clean up. A lot of it is on the players on the field, but you got to coach them up and it's got to be something that you can't shoot yourself in the foot. And when you're playing against a team like the Kansas city chiefs, you especially can't do that. So I think this week crock and correct me if I'm wrong. Do you think the 49ers coaching staff this week went to the back to the drawing board with some very simple messages like penalties, um, your assignments, staying at home. I heard Dante Whitner this week on local radio and he was like, look, you can't go out looking for your own big play and your own stats. You've got to have that player. When you're playing defense, you've got to have that offensive player. Know your assignment. Have him on your correct shoulder so you're free with this arm and this leg. And I think the 49ers are really bad at some of those little things on defense. Nick Bosa included, the misdirection. Like So many things got them. And those things are going to get cleaned up because it's on tape. And those are going to be some of the biggest coaching points, I think, this week for the 49ers. And maybe they needed a slap in the face by the Chiefs in Week 7. I think it was Kyle Shanahan that said, you're you're either coaching it or you're allowing it to happen. So as it pertains to the, the penalties and... I feel like over the years, the 49ers have been fairly undisciplined. So I think that starts at the top. And I don't know if that's just something that you can fix mid-year. You know, I always, you know, we talk about it. But, you know, I won that championship with the San Jose Sabercats. <laughs> and one thing that I learned that year, shout out to Coach Darren Arbet. when we talk about discipline, he took discipline to a whole other level. The only thing I could probably compare it to is maybe what it's like to be with the New England Patriots. I mean, when we had walkthroughs, we're professional athletes making money. Like, I was making money, right? Decent money, too, right? And, like, when it was walkthrough, you stand behind the line, not on the line, toes not on the line or, or in front of, no. Behind the line, no talking at all. It was quiet. You could hear a pin drop. And he just had us on point. Now, I'm not saying they have to be like that at the NFL level, but on the field, we were the best. We were, when it came to being uh, sound in our our play calls, discipline, knowing what's coming, uh, how in shape we were, how we took care of our bodies, everything was next level. We lost one game all year. All right. And I say all that to say the 49ers, I think it, it, it has to start at the top with with how they're practicing, how their preparation is. And this is not the first time I feel like this is coming up. I think that this has been kind of something that has gone on for some time now where you see the 49ers do some maybe uncharacteristic type things or I shouldn't say uncharacteristic because it has been very characteristic of them to have some of these issues. So uh, the penalties, especially the ones that you can avoid, that stuff sucks, but it, it starts at the top. 
And it's avoidable. That's how you know it can get better. This isn't like, a, oh, we're not talented enough to get better situations. Like, oh, we got to clean this up. And then that makes everything else easier. Uh, Steve says, starting on the 15 gives Jimmy an automatic safety. Like, he shouldn't have been backed up, right? Because there shouldn't have been a special teams gaffe to get the 49ers backed up to that point. You know, starting on the 25 instead of starting on the five-yard line. It's a big, very big difference. Um, and, and so those things are, are really important for the 49ers. And speaking of Jimmy, um, Curtis had a comment says Jimmy has referenced playing free in 2017 a couple times. Would Jimmy and the offense be more successful if we went shotgun and spread things out, simplify things? Well, I think the passing game is going to have to start leading things a little bit more with the 49ers. I know Christian McCaffrey's a running back, but I think his ability in the passing game is what's going to make the biggest difference for the 49ers. And he's going to run the ball a lot too. And the 49ers going to lean on the ground game, but it's McCaffrey as a receiver. And so I wonder if that will elevate, Jimmy, it'll elevate the offense in the passing game, get, keep you going on third downs, which is really important. So I'm excited to see that develop for the 49ers. But it's not just the addition of Christian McCaffrey croc to the 49ers offense that will help. How about this stat? The 49ers right now, we're talking about top five in in uh, in in penalties for the 49ers as a team. The 49ers are number one in the NFL in drop percentage right now. That, again, uh, that, I think that's something else that is uh, discipline because it's really between penalties and drops. That's a lack of focus, right, on on what you're trying to execute. And those are things that just it, it just can't happen. And when you do that, you're going to have some of the inconsistent uh, results that the 49ers have had. You know, to go, you know, one week where it's all right, like you're good. This is the 49ers team we expected to see. And then I go to a game and you – kind of get destroyed a little bit by Atlanta. And that's a team that just got destroyed. I can't remember exactly who beat them, but somebody just beat Atlanta bad. And I'm like, how how the 49ers struggle against this team? This team just effortlessly puts up 35 uh, points or whatever it was. Cincinnati yeah. Bengals, I think. Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati, three drives, three touchdowns to start the game. Bombs away everywhere. You know, Higgins going for – Higgins had 100 yards before the first quarter even ended. And it's like, man, if they can have that type of success, why can't the 49ers figure it out? And it doesn't just have to be a Joe Burrow. Gosh, it's supposed to be positive here. But it doesn't have to be a Joe Burrow. It doesn't have to be, you know, Higgins and guys like that. How are the, the New York Giants doing it? So what did, what did Dayball do to bring over to the New York Giants, who is like Daniel Jones, who everybody said was trash, right? Daniel Jones, worst quarterback in the league. All of a sudden, he's throwing for 200 yards, running for another 100 yards, not turning the ball over, a guy who couldn't figure it out. Uh, for the first few years, they didn't pick up the fifth-year option. Next thing you know, he's kind of leading his team, and he's playing good football. I think it starts at the top. Dayball came, and Dayball, uh, you know, brought a certain mindset with how he wanted those guys to prepare, and they're and they're able to execute. So uh, it become, be, between the drops and the penalties, the 49ers had to figure that out. But, again, I, I strongly believe it starts up top. Yeah, and so – uh, execution makes everybody look better. Like Jimmy's going to be what Jimmy is. Kyle is what Kyle is. But if a play is called and Jimmy does what he does and somebody else lets the play down, that's big too. So all these things come together and it'll make the entire team better. If you're executing better, if you're staying at home when you need to be at home on misdirection plays, if you are not committing penalties and those things are going to get cleaned up. The 49ers aren't going to end the, the year with the most drops the highest drop percentage in the NFL. They're not going to they're not going to stay with the fifth most penalties in the league. I don't think. And if they do, then it's going to be much more difficult and it just makes that that curve a little bit uh tougher for the 49ers 
to be really good and go on that run, which I think they are going to go on this year. Um, getting Elijah Mitchell back. Yeah, I see that in the chat. The, the Niners are going to get healthier, get some players back, getting the guys that were even on the field last week actually healthy, especially after the bye week. And I think we'll see a lot more of Christian McCaffrey. He might not be at full speed again this week, but after the bye, maybe you start to feel, uh, it starts to feel a little bit more comfortable in there and might have more of a full understanding of the playbook. But you know, it's funny, Croc, because even I bet you, and look, what, what day is this right now? Uh, October 24th, something like that, 25th? Yeah, 25th. Next training camp, when everyone shows up, Christian McCaffrey is going to say, man, I feel a lot better now in the playbook after a full offseason. He's going to say that, right? So Christian McCaffrey's got a lot of work to do. Even like that's difficult for all the things he's going to be asked to do on offense to have him like, oh my gosh, he's we're going to give him 25 touches a game in week eight after he just showed up last week. That's going to be difficult. After the bye, I think there could be a big jump, but there might be even a bigger jump next year, week one for Christian McCaffrey, just with his knowledge of the entire playbook. But uh, he should still be a huge factor this year, of course. Uh, I'm going to finish it off here, Croc, with this one from K-Rob. Some more positivity. He says, we're going to win out. There isn't a team left on our schedule that can beat us. This game, while disappointing, is going to be a wake-up call. We're going to be okay. There's a lot of teams that are not as good as the 49ers left on the roster. Execute, do the little things. The 49ers are better than these teams. They're going to go out and beat a lot of these teams. The 49ers were in a worse spot. Last year, don't forget, we're in the NFC Championship game. They were they right. the 49ers after eight games were three and five. Right now, the 49ers are three and four, so they could lose next week and still be in the same spot they were a year ago, and they went to the NFC Championship game. And if anybody can do it, it's this team. You look at what they have on, on the defensive side of the ball. When it's clicking, we've seen them be historically great. The offense, they have all the weapons. Now it's just all about figuring out throughout the rest of the season how to bring it all together be a little bit more consistent, be a little bit more disciplined uh, with those injuries. And I don't know if they'll win out, but I, 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 I believe you can count on this team to be a playoff team. They, they just – they look like it. It's just got to overcome some things that they're going through right now. A little adversity. A little, little yeah. adversity. And remember, the NFL is such a crazy beast. If you think you know the temperature, wait a week and you will be shocked. And so if you think the 49ers are terrible, the week before, after the trade, you thought the 49ers were Super Bowl or bust with Christian McCaffrey, right? How quickly that can flip. It can flip back right again after the 49ers beat those Los Angeles Rams. All right. Thanks, everybody, for jumping in the live chat. Thanks for making Locked On 49ers your first listen. We will be back next time with a little Winky Wednesday podcast right here. Locked On 49ers.